Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone out to the services this morning. I'd especially, again, like to welcome all of our, our visitors. We appreciate you being here with us today. Pray that when the services are concluded, you'll, you'll hang around a little while and give us a chance to, to meet you and to introduce ourselves. I'd like to take this time to tell all of our, our mothers here today, Happy Mother's Day. Exodus 20 and 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord the God giveth thee. As I've mentioned before, I find the history of holidays interesting. Mother's Day was started by Anna Jarvis in 1908 and became an official holiday in the United States in 1914. What I find interesting about it is that she would later spend the rest of her life trying to remove it from the calendar. She felt it had become too commercialized. It lost its true meaning, and that's to honor our mothers. And I know you've probably bought cards already and flowers and gifts or, or whatever the case is, but let's remember the true reason we celebrate. And that's our mothers. This is to honor our mothers and all the mothers around the world. We honor the most precious of God's creations. That's our moms. To me, Mother's Day is the one day that we focus on not only honoring, but thanking our mothers. Thanking them for all the messes they cleaned up. The messes they cleaned up at the dinner table. The messes they cleaned up at the house. The messes they cleaned up at school. The messes we made in relationships. And oftentimes, they cleaned up the messes we made with our relationship with God. It's a day that we celebrate our biggest fan and our greatest critic. She can somehow make a child believe they can accomplish anything and then spends the rest of her life proving to that child that they can with just a few simple words. Emma, you got this. We honor the mothers that demand excellence from our children. But she's also the first to accept the faults and the shortcomings. Because that child is hers, and that child is perfect in every way. We celebrate the woman who, with a simple word or gentle touch, can ease the pain of a broken bone or even a broken heart. We celebrate that woman that held that crying child through the night, and 15 years later held that crying child through the night. We honor the mother that drops to her knees daily and prays for her children when they're still in the cradle. And almost 50 years later still says that same prayer. Brethren, the most beautiful sight and most rewarding moment for a husband and father that he can ever experience, in my opinion, is to see and hear his wife praying for their children. There's no greater emotion and heartfelt love that we will ever witness closer to the example given by our Lord and Savior. Today, again, we celebrate and honor our mothers, also known as teacher, disciplinarians, gardener in my house, lawnmower, cleaners, nurse, doctor, psychologist, counselor, chauffeur, coach, confidant, and later in life, dear friend. Man, I, I want to let you on a little secret. I had to do an investigation of this, if, if y'all were not aware. When your child is born in the hospital, your wife is swept up and taken to a top-secret room. And it's here she is taught, through numerous training ses sessions, the mother's language. 
I found this out when one day I heard my wife speaking to Ethan, and I thought it was my mom. And I grew up, you know, I grew up around uh, Aunt Sandy, and, and I just assumed Aunt Sandy used the same language as mom because they were around each other so much. And no, it's not. It's top secret stuff. It was further proved when I heard Valerie speak the same language to Drew, and it kind of sent chills up my back. Think about this for a minute. You can talk to Drew, you can talk to Brent and Brad, you can talk to Brother Hoy. This language has been taught through the generations. Just to give you a few examples, don't be smart with me. I don't even know what that means. You want me to be dumb? Just wait till your dad gets home. I like this one. If you break your leg, don't come running to me. Probably a safe bet. Oh, I used to hate this one. You'll have fun doing your chores, and you'll do it with a smile on your face. That's the last time I'm going to ask you. I don't remember you asking the first time. I remember you telling me. I didn't hear a question there. Siblings fighting in the famous words that we've all heard a hundred times, quit touching me. This can cause numerous uh, uh, quotes from moms. Don't make me draw a line. I've always wondered, would they actually take a marker and draw it in the seat? Quit touching your brother. If you touch your brother, your daddy's belt is going to touch your rear. My dad's belt never touched my rear. It hit my rear, but never touched me. <laughs> and of course, call me when you make it safe. Even when you're grown, with two grown children, and you're going to downtown Dallas. If you don't call... You'll get a phone call at 1 o'clock in the morning asking, why didn't you call? And of course, I love you, son. And I know what you're thinking. Well, everybody says that, but not like a mama. There's a special bond between a mother and a child, and it's beyond understanding. It's indescribable. Your love is uncomparable, and your strength is beyond description, and there are really no words to give you justice. I found this poem, it's entitled A Mother's Love, by Helen Steiner, I believe. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It's made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring some what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that, that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking, and it never fails or falters even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns, and it glows with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It is far beyond defining. It defies all explanation, and it still remains a secret like the mysteries of creation. A many-splendored miracle man cannot understand, and another wondrous evidence of God's tender, guiding hand. Mothers, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. And I pray you're honored today and every day of your life. Proverbs 31 and 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously. And to the mothers here in the audience this morning, thou excellest them all. And we thank you and we love you. We honor you as your children and as your husbands. It is important for us that you know we recognize you as a blessing from God. And yes, we honor you, but above all else, we praise God and give Him the glory for His wisdom in creating a loving Christian mother.
Happy Mother's Day. We love you. As you know, we're in the middle of a series uh, right now of, of women in the Bible. This series was, was requested by some of our ladies, and, and I pray the series, series has been beneficial so far with the study of Priscilla and Rahab and Abigail. Now, I originally was scheduled to do the introduction of this series, but had a conflict, so Tim and I actually switched. Uh, I told Lori I was switching, and, and that would put me speaking on Mother's Day. And she asked me, well, who are you assigned? And I said, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and you should see her face. She goes, oh, you got the mother of all mothers. And it's interesting, when this topic has come up, I've had a few of the ladies come up to me and go, oh, you've got the mother of all mothers. Again, this is part of that top secret language, I believe, but I guess she's like the special ops of mothers. And because of that, our series on women, we chose Mary to study this morning on the day that we celebrate and honor mothers. Through our study this morning, I pray that we get a glimpse into the characteristics of the mother of our Lord and Savior. We can also see through these characteristics, I believe, why God chose her. So if Mary is the mother of all mothers, let's study why. If she's the mother of all mothers, should we not strive to be like her? I think so. And man, I'm not just speaking to the women and the mothers here this morning. The characteristics that we will go over this morning, yes, we are applying them to the mothers on Mother's Day, but we can apply these to every child of God. We're going to start the reading this morning in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus." He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, since I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Can you imagine? what Mary was thinking. Can you imagine what was going through her mind? I'm reminded of the hymn, Mary, Did You Know? It's on page 942 if you want to follow along. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your baby boy, 
kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? And the sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Who am I? Lord, why'd you choose me? I'm a nobody. You know, for all practical purposes, we know at the time Gabriel went to Mary, she was probably between the ages of 15 and 16. I've read as young as, as 13 or 14, but most general consensus is 15 to 16. Who am I? Lord, I'm too young. I'm too young to serve you in this capacity. 1 Timothy 4 and 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in truth, in faith, in purity. Brethren, there is no age limit to being a servant of God. There's no age limit to being an example to others and bringing them to Christ. And teenagers and even young adults oftentimes feel they don't really make a difference in God's kingdom. Mary did, and so do you. Whether it's you're taking part of the service or just simply your presence, I don't think we understand as young people, especially our teenagers and our young married couples, I don't think you realize when people walk in and see your face, they are literally seeing the future of the church. What else do we know about Mary? Luke 2 and 22, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written of the Lord, Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. People that gave turtle doves and pigeons gave those because they could not afford the greater sacrifice. Sacrifice of the Lamb. Sisters, this morning, the mother of all mothers was poor. She and Joseph, in today's terms, were, would be considered uh, uh, financially living in poverty. God does not judge you on the size of your pocketbook. I'm a single mother, and I'm, not, I, I'm just not able to... Give him all of, all of what? Xbox, Nikes, cell phones? You give him love. You give him God. You give him a strong foundation in his faith. And that is all that child really needs. That's all we need. And that's what our Lord and Savior was humbly born into. John 1 and 46, And Nathanael said unto him, Can there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, come and see. Not only was Nazareth an obscure place, it was oftentimes looked at in a negative light. The town and the people were looked down upon like a bad reputation. What good comes out of Nazareth? Brother, I'll tell you, something great came out of Nazareth. The mother of our Lord and Savior was young, poor, and came from a no-good town, if you will. What is our lesson of this? God can and will use you for His glory, no matter who you are, what your background is, or where you come from. Amen. So often we look at our lives and we think, who am I? I'm a nobody. 
Brothers and sisters, you are a child of God, period. And that is all that matters. And God is using you and His kingdom for His glory. Think of all the people God used to teach and spread the gospel. Tent maker, a fisherman, a persecutor of Christians. We just studied a prostitute. Time and time again, God uses the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. Ethan gave me that. I can't take it. As a child of God, don't ever doubt your worth and your value in His kingdom. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Jeremiah 1 and 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I adorned thee a prophet unto the nations. But Sean, who am I? And what can I do? You are his. That's who you are. You are handcrafted by a loving creator for his purpose. As I think about this, I can't help but think of our mothers this morning. Do you realize every mother here was given a beautiful child specifically and meticulously designed by your Heavenly Father just for you and your family? And that was His plan. He looked at Ashley and He said, I'm going to bless you with a number of children. And I created them for you. He looked at Laura and he says, I'm blessing you with one of mine. He looked at Katrina and said, I am giving you the responsibility of raising my gift to you. Sisters, I pray each and every day you recognize the beauty in that. What else do we know about Mary? Back to verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. She was specifically chosen by God. God saw his creation and said, She's the one. She's the one that will birth and raise my only begotten son. God knew her faithfulness. Mothers, again, God chose you for your children. And this was not an accident. God does not accidentally do things. There's no coincidences with God. They're His will. The question is, what are you doing with that blessing? So again, we know that although Mary was highly favored and chosen by God, Mary was young, Mary was poor, and Mary came from the, the town with not the best reputation, I guess. But God chose her and He chose her for a reason. And I believe one of those reasons is because Mary was willing. Back in Luke 1, verse 38, we, we again read, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary may not have understood why me. Mary may have been doubting herself. Who knows? But I do know one thing. Be it unto me according to thy word. God, I may not understand your plan. I may not grasp it. I may not can possibly fathom why, but thy will, God. 
You see, we had this unrealistic expectation about life. We think that we have a right to know certain things that are quite frankly beyond our comprehension. Sometimes, or all the time, we just have to trust God. And we got to be willing to turn it over to Him. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. Luke 5 and 5. God, this don't make sense. I don't understand why me, but Lord, I will do thy will. I'll cast down the net. Lord, I don't know why, but I will do your will. I will do your will because I trust your will. I will do your will. I will do your bidding because I love you and everything I hold dear is in you. Do you have any idea the reality that Mary was facing when she said, be it unto me according to thy word? Go up a few verses in verse 30. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Why did the angel say that? He didn't say it to hear himself talk. Fear not. He could probably see it in her eyes. And maybe for just a split second. Sometimes following the will of God can cause some fear. And I believe that's natural. Yet Mary chose to do his will despite of it. Let's think about this. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. That was legally binding. Their relationship at the time would have, had to have, uh, uh, would have had to been dissolved with a divorce. She was probably concerned or afraid of what Joseph would say or think. What about her family? Imagine that. She was probably worried about her family turning their back on her. What about her neighbors and friends? Her town was a fairly small place. I read uh, one commentary that said it only had about 1,800 people in it. I'm sure she was known. Stoning for adultery, which is what she would have been accused of, although rare, was possible. She chose to do His will. Psalms 118 and 6, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Hebrews 13 and 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. There is one thing that Mary knew for sure, and that was God was with her. Brethren, there is one thing you should know for sure as a child of God, and God is with you. You just do his will, and he will be there. Matthew 1 and 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. He will always be there. Mary did his will through obedience. Back in Luke 1, starting in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in, my God, in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. 
It would have been very easy to get a little fool of yourself if you just found out you were going to birth the child of God. How did Mary take it? For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden with absolute humility. She looked at this opportunity with this chance to serve God in complete humility. God, I'm just a 15-year-old poor girl from a no-name town. Proverbs 22 and 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. It was through her humility Mary found honor. And God had a plan. He went to Mary on purpose. This was a deliberate decision because he knew. There is no telling how many times God witnessed her humility prior to this. And I don't know, but he knew her heart. And brethren, he knows ours. And I assure you, if you want to serve God in his kingdom, you have to do it with humility. Thy will be done. I'll let down the nets. Be it unto me according to thy word. All these require humility. I cannot be in awe. I cannot bow down before my God, nor can I serve my God without a humble spirit. The humble spirit Mary had. Again, back to our reading in Luke 1 and 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Brother, when Mary received the news of her future, when she was shook to the core of her future, when there was a little fear of the unknown, what did she do? She praised an all-knowing and all-loving God. I may not understand, but I will praise you because I know you do. I will give you the glory because you are my God. Mothers, you may not understand why your child is having to go through the season that he's in or why you're having to go through the season you're in. But praise God. Brother, we all have things occur in our lives. Praise God even in those times. Praise God for just being God. Praise God for knowing He is with you always and He will be your fortress and your strength. Praise God in the good times and in the bad times. Praise Him in the unknown times. You are a child of His and He's got you. You don't have to worry about what the world thinks. You don't have to worry about what your family and your friends think. Brother, despite what's going on in your life, you have peace. Brother, Mary gave birth to our Lord and Savior so you could be reborn. Our Lord and Savior came to this earth to be with us so we can be with Him. Praise God for that at all times. Luke 1 and 45, And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a, a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Mary was willing, she was humble, she obeyed, she praised God. But all those things would be for naught without this. And blessed is she that believed. Brother Mary was faithful. She believed in her God. She heard His word and she believed. Gabriel did not come to her multiple times and beg her to believe. 
She heard the word. She asked for a little clarification. Uh, wait a second, I, I've never known a man. Don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit's going to take care of that. She had faith that for with God nothing shall be impossible. And she believed it. She knew that if God gave His word, that's it. God keeps His word to His people. We just have to obey Him. Mary did. Her belief, her faith would not allow her to have it any other way. Thank God for His will. Thank God He chose a young, humble girl to carry, give birth, and raise our Lord and Savior. A faithful servant who knew and believed God was loyal to His people then. He is loyal to us today. God keeps His word. Mary knew who He was. Mary, did you know? Absolutely. She knew that she heard His teachings. She may not have known all the details that would come. It may not have been entirely clear. You know, we, we have documentation that the, the future was definitely a little uh, confusing for the followers then. She knew her son would save people. She knew he was God with us. She knew he would be called the son of the Most High and his kingdom will have no end. Mary knew this child was the Messiah. But Mary also changed this child, and she bathed this child, and she fed this child. And I have a hard time grasping her feelings. And I guess I really do wonder, Mary, how much did you really know? Luke 2 and 18, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2 and 51, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Exactly what was Mary pondering? Mary was the mother of Christ, but was still a human being and still a mother. She was still mom. Again, she raised this child. What did Mary know? And of course, the question we all ask, especially mothers, did Mary, the mother of Jesus, know someday she would sit at the feet of her son as he hung on the cross? You know, I said earlier, there's nothing more powerful and more beautiful than a mother praying for a child. But there's also nothing more gut-wrenching than seeing a mother weep for her suffering child. Mary, did you know? Luke 2 and 34, And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thought of many hearts may be revealed. I believe Mary knew from the very beginning that although she was carrying the child of God, at least some grief and heartache would come her way. And I believe from the very beginning, Mary knew that there would be some form of great suffering. We could argue to what detail she knew, but she was his mama. What does your mama not know? 
I doubt a day went by that she did not labor over this. Through his ministry, she witnessed miracles and learned more about his reason for being here. But you know, there was a day that Mary knew it all. Despite your opinion on what Mary knew or when she realized it, there is one thing that we know for certain. She witnessed it and she was a part of it. Can you imagine that? You give birth to the Son of God only to see Him tortured and crucified. Let's remember Mary was a mama. She gave birth to Him. She loved Him. She cradled Him. She fed Him. And she cared for Him. Imagine the anguish as she watched her son look down and say, Woman, behold thy son. And then to his disciple, Behold thy mother. Take care of my mama. I cannot begin to fathom the hurt. I do know Mary was faithful. She was faithful from the beginning and she was faithful in the end. She held him at birth and she was at the cross. Acts 1 and verse 13 and when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon, Zealots and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. I would argue Mary, even if it was just through her mere presence, was instrumental in the first century church. At the very least, we know she was there and faithful to the end. She was his mama, but she was also a follower of Jesus Christ. And I do, again, I do not think this is another coincidence or accident. I believe Christ came here through a virgin birth and was raised by Mary and Joseph for a reason. And that's because it had to be that way. In order for Jesus to be our Savior, that's the only way that it could have happened. And that was God's will. But I also believe we get to see an example of a beautiful and faithful Christian mother and how important they are in our lives today. And I would like to remind the mothers here this morning of how important you are in your children's spiritual lives. My dad used to say, God got it right the second time around. If you look at a woman, she is more naturally, she more naturally resembles the characteristics of Christ than a man does. And I don't believe there's anything as such as accidents and coincidences when it comes to God and His creation. The role of a mother in a child's life is priceless. The role of a mother in their spiritual lives, that is beyond words and that is from God. And He gave us that. Abraham Lincoln once said this, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. We cannot stress enough the influence a mother has on her child. There's only one thing stronger than the love for her child. And that's God's love for us. That's God's love for you. Everything that we've talked about, all the different things that we've read about Mary and her faith and her characteristics... All that was just to bring Christ to us. The real love in this story is God's love for you. God chose to send His Son to Mary, a young poor girl from a town with a poor reputation. 
God chose to allow him to suffer and die a humiliating and painful death. And he chose to allow Mary, his mother, to watch that gruesome event for one reason and one reason only. And that's you. And that's me. God said, as horrible as this is and as painful as it is, I'm going to do that for you. He did that for every one of you. So today, as we celebrate Mother's Day, let's remember the Creator. Let's celebrate the Creator that had the wisdom to give us mothers. Let's praise our God whose love is indescribable and above our comprehension. On this Mother's Day, I pray we celebrate and honor our mothers, and I pray we give them the thanks that has oftentimes been neglected. And I pray you recognize the love of our mothers. But I also pray that we understand the importance of a God-fearing and faithful Christian mother and the importance of them in God's kingdom. I did want to make this quick observation, if you will. We have a lot of young mothers in the audience here, which is a beautiful thing. And I know oftentimes mothers will wonder, especially when their children are young, do my kids really appreciate what I do? I'm here to tell you they do. It may take them 15 years to tell you, but they do. But I would like to thank you personally. I want to thank you for doing more than just being a mom, oftentimes playing dad too. And quite frankly, you all amaze me. And I feel blessed to witness your strength. To our mothers here this morning, we love you and we thank you for always being there. And we pray you have a beautiful day. I pray that some of the things that we've studied about Mary can help you in your walk as a Christian mother and help all of us in our walk and in our faith. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you have never been baptized, then you need to do that this morning. Do not wait. You need to get that done. Or perhaps you'd like the prayers of the church would ask you, please come forward as we stand and sing.